Thank you for listening to the Male Therapist Perspective. My name is Daniel Galarza and I'm a licensed clinician. One of my favorite lines from a movie is from the movie American Gangster with Denzel Washington. The loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. Too many times we confuse arrogance with confidence. A person with a big ego in many cases is a very insecure person. But how can that be? It's in how we define good self-esteem. We naturally assume that confident people have healthy self-esteem, but that's often not the case. When a person has a weak or insecure ego, their primary way of feeling good can be through being validated by others or by trying to validate themselves. This is typically done through personal achievements or by seeking acceptance. It's a way of feeling in control or having a sense of power. I believe that in many cases, people work hard at building their self-esteem in order to protect their ego, and as a result, they do achieve impressive things. For those people who validate their self-worth through achievement, once they accomplish what they want to do, their self-esteem does feel better. Think about it this way. I can feel confident about myself if I were to make a lot of money, if I had a big home, a flourishing career, a position of power, and so on. But if it all went away, would my sense of self go with it? So keep this important concept in mind. A weak ego is a needy ego. It needs things to look a certain way to feel good. People with a weak sense of self can spend a lot of time controlling their life circumstances or being the people that they believe they should be. From the outside looking in, this person can be very confident about what they've achieved. They genuinely feel good about themselves. It would be fair to say that these people have high self-esteem. But if their hard work was with the sole intention to feed a needy ego, their self-esteem is dependent on what they achieve. Their identity and self-esteem is defined by feeling validated at all times. To me, that foundation is weak because it's rooted in insecurity. It's superficial self-esteem, and it's not sustainable. So think twice before you put someone on a pedestal. What people create may look nice from the outside, but it doesn't always mean that it's secure. If you have a mentor in your life, choose that person wisely. A good mentor will guide with humility. Bad mentors act like they have all the right answers. Now, on the other hand, there are those people who feel lost in life. They have low self-esteem because they don't know their path. They seem to go from one failed attempt to another, either blaming themselves or getting frustrated with life along the way. Or they actually accomplish a lot in life, but don't seem to feel that peace that they were hoping to feel. This can happen for several reasons. Some people have spent a lot of their lives being devalued. They didn't have people to nurture or guide them. In some cases, they were unfairly labeled or treated poorly because of how other people define them. They may still be in that situation. A lot of us out there can be surrounded by people that are holding us back, and we may not even realize it. A lot of people also grew up in highly dysfunctional families and didn't realize it in the moment. When we grow up in dysfunction, we tend to be defined by our role in the dysfunction, or we create a version of ourselves that is needed to survive in that environment. When we're devalued, abused, or grow up in dysfunction, it takes away our ability to get to know our authentic selves. These people can fall into patterns like having a lot of self-doubt, anxiety about life. They can develop a history of their own dysfunctional relationships. Their lives can be in constant chaos. Or they simply can't seem to find peace within themselves. 
they might blame themselves for their shortcomings or fail to believe in themselves. They are also likely to search for superficial answers to feel good because they don't really realize what they want. They might say things like, maybe if I had a partner to love me, then I'll be happy. Maybe a baby will make me feel fulfilled. Maybe if I lost weight, people will value me. If I were to make more money or got a promotion, I'd finally feel secure. If you can't seem to find your path in life, or if things don't seem to work out the way you hoped, it's probably not because you're not good enough, or life is being cruel to you. It might be because you're trying to create a version of yourself that doesn't fit who you truly are. Either you're trying to be someone you're not, or you can't see that you already achieved what you wanted, and don't know how to be at peace with it. To have sustainable self-esteem, get to know your authentic self. Once you get to know your authentic self, nurture that person and love that person. Get to know your real strengths and accept them. If you're naturally hardworking, know that and embrace it. If people tell you that you're smart, accept that and embrace it. Knowing and accepting our natural abilities is a great step to creating a healthy sense of self. It can take you years to get to know your authentic self, but once you get there, Know that person. Learn to accept and love that person. Love the good things, bad things, and the weird things about who you are. Only then can we flourish naturally. At that point, our self-esteem is not dependent on life circumstances. No matter what life throws our way, your strong sense of self will help you push through, and your values will guide you. For some people, it can be difficult to connect with their abilities since no one ever recognized them for who they truly were, or they were unfairly labeled. If your whole life you've been told that you're the problem, you're too emotional, too weak, not smart enough, it wouldn't be unusual for you to have a difficult time knowing what your true abilities are. So here are a few things that I encourage people to do when working on themselves. First, I would say be curious about yourself. Pay close attention to how things affect you and how you affect your environment. This means noticing your thoughts and emotional reactions throughout the day. When you make an observation, do your best not to judge it or overthink it. Simply make a note of it. The simple practice of noticing ourselves is a good starting point. When we start learning about ourselves, we get to know ourselves. It's a good first step to take to get familiar with your true self. Also, keep track of your self-talk. We don't always realize how we treat ourselves. By getting familiar with our self-talk, we start understanding the relationship we have with ourselves. Notice the words that you use to describe yourself and how you treat yourself throughout the course of a day. Once you've become familiar with how you treat and perceive yourself, ask yourself an important question. Would it be okay if I treated someone that I love the way I treat myself? I would also encourage that you lead your day with a healthy intention. Sometimes we wake up hoping that we have a good day. When we lead with intentions, we start to gain some control over ourselves and start becoming less dependent on what life throws our way. An intention should be based on what we want to be, not what we think we should do. Understand the difference between who we are as people and what we think we should be doing as people. A very important concept is to keep track of your energy. Whether we realize it or not, we carry energy that will either nourish us or energy that will drain us. Negative self-talk is a draining energy. People complaining a lot is a draining energy. Being optimistic 
and hanging around fun people can be nourishing energies. Become familiar with the energy in your life. I strongly discourage people from spending too much time in draining environments. Draining environments are situations that keep us in a negative state of mind. When we're constantly surrounded by negative, mean, or judgmental people, our personal growth is stunted. If we spend too much time listening to people complain all day, we become more cynical about life and others. In this, we practice the value of setting healthy boundaries. When we walk away from an experience or an interaction with a person, ask yourself a simple question. Was that experience good for me or not? We don't realize how often we put ourselves in draining situations, sometimes because we feel that we have to. Once you have identified the people or the situations that hold you back, do your best to protect yourself by avoiding it or limiting your interaction with it. Spend more time with people who support you and encourage you, or people that simply feel good to be around. Also get to know your values. Make a list of all the things that matter to you. Then narrow down that list to the top five most important things. Take a good look at the five most important things on your list and grade them. The grades should reflect your relationship with those values. If family is on your list, put a grade that reflects how good you are with this value. If you're happy with who you are in your family, give yourself an A. If you feel that you want to improve who you are with your family, give yourself a C. Do this to your top five values, and it will give you a sense of where you may want to focus. Good values will always remind us of what matters to us the most, and we should know how to take care of the things that we care about the most. Finally, get familiar with the things that push you and the things that pull you in. There are things that we have to push ourselves to do, and there are things that pull us in. Sometimes we have to push ourselves to do things like go to work, wash dishes, or mow the lawn. But in many cases, we're pushing ourselves to be in relationships or pursue goals that feel like too much work. If we spend too much of our lives pushing ourselves to do things, it will drain us and it will take us away from being able to nourish our authentic selves. In essence, we will spend too much time being someone that we're not. Things that pull us in feel good. They call our name and it feels easy. Things that pull us in keep us engaged and promote our creativity. If you've ever thought to yourself, there are many things that I'm interested in, but I don't pursue them because I can't or I don't have time. Know that you're cheating yourself. Things that pull you in promote your creativity and it's in our creativity that we discover our authentic selves. Try new things. Explore new experiences. Step out of your comfort zone. If something seems interesting to you, check it out. It doesn't mean you will love it, but give yourself the chance to find out. Start that project you've always been considering. Dive into a topic that you've been curious about. Or simply do something slightly different in your daily routine. I believe in starting small and being patient with your growth. Getting to know yourself can be scary, but it's worth it. You will not only be forced to acknowledge the things about you that you might not like, but you will also be required to figure out how to resolve it. And to resolve something can mean to improve on it or come to peace with it. If you get stuck, I always encourage seeking help. Life will always put people in your path that are willing to support you. And of course, there's always therapy. It's what we do. In the episode description, I put a link to a personal strength assessment that is sometimes used by mental health professionals. There's no commitment to purchase anything. 
If you're curious, take the assessment. You will get a list of your top personal strengths. It might be useful in your efforts to better understand yourself. Like always, I hope that the information I offer today was helpful to you. And if you know of someone who can benefit from this episode, send it to them. For any questions or thoughts, you can find me at The Male Therapist Perspective on Instagram. Otherwise, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.